Hey now, hey now, hey now. What a journey. This weekend has been one hell of a journey. What a fucking journey. And it's officially fall. It's a stormy one out here today in New York City. It's cold. I'm wearing the sweatpants and the sweatshirt. So... Yes, it's important to reflect that this summer my goal was to get shredded and ripped and uh, I did not achieve that goal. Uh, That goal came and went. Definitely built on some more strength, but the shredded, the shredded thing did not happen. That has to do with diet, which I'm getting better at, but I still struggle with it. Because there's just so much tasty, unhealthy food around me at all times. And it's a compulsion. It's like, oh, would you look at that fucking pepperoni pizza in the window? Can you take a look at that fucking pepperoni pizza? Or after, you know, on the on the walk home from a comedy night, all blissed out, all high off the experience. Maybe a little ice cream sandwich from a bodega. That would be delicious. So it's been hard. I got I got I've got a little coat of funk right now, and now it's the winter. So we're all wearing big clothes. So the impetus to, to lose weight cannot be a superficial one. It has to come from within. It can't be like, oh, I'm out on the beach. I'm insecure about my funk. It has to be more of like, you know, I'm going to change my mental habits to improve my energy. To improve my glow. But we're making steps in the right direction. Steps are being made and they're going in the right direction. For example, I got a coffee maker today. So I don't have to go out and buy the coffee anymore. I can have, I can make it. I can make it and and put it in a mug. And I also got a storage unit. I got a storage unit for my paintings. Because as of now, I've been storing my paintings in my apartment. And it's just been getting too much. It's just been getting to be too much. There's too many paintings. They're weighing me down. They're weighing me down. They're beautiful. They're beautiful paintings. But they're just, it's just your art. When you make it, I think the purpose is is for it to be out in the world. And so right now it's, the the paintings are stagnant, but it's crazy. They just wait till they find their right home. That's what's amazing about it. I sold paintings on the street um, last weekend that I had painted and made two years ago. And they were just waiting for them to, those paintings were waiting to find their home. They were just waiting. They were patiently waiting. They were patiently waiting. Patience, something I do, I have in some arenas in life and other arenas in life, not so much. It depends. It depends. I, I, I'm not across the board bad with patience, but in some arenas, I'm good. In other arenas, I'm bad. Like, 
in conversations and text conversations and business transactions, very impatient. I'm like, we're all on our fucking phones. We're all on our phones. Everyone's on their phone. You see the message come in. Hit me back. Let's go. That's where I'm impatient. Patient, I'm patient with my book. I'm writing a book. I'm very patient with it. I'm patient with my art. I'm patient with the process. So I guess I'm patient with the art and impatient with people. But I'm learning to be more patient with people and business transactions. I'm like, it's the business transaction. I get a little anxious about it. So that's that's some things, but I was in the laundromat. I was in the laundromat on Friday, and there's a woman who goes to the laundromat on Fridays. She's a little Latina woman, probably in her mid-40s, 50s, named Anna. And Anna suffered a stroke. So with her health plan that she was on, the state of New York gives her an aid that helps her with her laundry and cooking and, you know, an at-home aid. And her aide's name is Anna also. And Anna is a tall Latina woman. And so it's the two Annas. And the small Anna who had the stroke who needs the assistance talks all the time. She loves to talk. She was a former hairdresser. She loves to talk. Loves it. And then the older Anna, or not the older, the taller Anna, the aide, she doesn't say a single word. She keeps her mouth shut. She smiles and laughs, but she doesn't talk. So I know the little Anna, because we're in the laundromat at the same time, and we like to bullshit. So we just talk and shit. And she's like, how's it going, David? And I say, you know, it's good. You know, I'm writing, chill with my girlfriend, um... Painting, you know, I got some paintings in a gallery. That's exciting. And she was like, she was like, oh, you got to get discovered. You got to get discovered, David. You got to get discovered and you got to, you got to get rich. You got to get rich like J-Lo. J-Lo came from the Bronx and now she's rich. And I was like, I like J-Lo. And Anna Anna was like, well, I like J-Lo too, but why, why she get married so many times? She confused. And I say, she's not confused. She just likes, she likes love. She likes the beginning of love. And Anna was like, no, she's so unhappy. She's so unhappy getting married all the time. And I was like, she can afford it. She's not, we're, we're not, she's not living the same life we are. Give Gilo a rest. She's a unique person. And I was like, I, Anna, and I was just playing devil's advocate because I wanted to go back and forth with Anna. I didn't believe any of the things I was saying. I agree with her. Why are you getting married so many times, J-Lo? Why are you doing it? But I was just playing devil's advocate. So Anna and I were going back and forth about J-Lo, just hitting the ball back and forth, the tennis rally, back and forth in the laundromat. Anna's argument being like, she's confused. She's unhappy. Why is she getting married so many times? For me being like, she's a romantic and she can afford it. And who's to blame her? But of course, I don't believe that. I agree with Anna, but I was just, I was just playing devil's advocate, and it was fun. We were, everyone was kind of, no one was breaking out laughing, but everyone had a smile because it was so ridiculous. Just talking about J Lo, going back and forth, just saying the arguments, not 
not because we cared or believed, but because it was funny. So that was some good, that was some good shit. That was, that was a good moment. And yeah, the, the, the Anna's and Anna was like, Anna was like, you should paint the Mona Lisa, but paint it like a, a zombie. And I say, I don't, I don't paint dark stuff. I don't do well painting dark stuff. And then she goes, she goes, why? And I said, because when I paint dark stuff, it gets too dark. That's why I paint. I try to paint light stuff and my darkness comes through the light. And I have a painting up in the laundromat of blues, of blues. It's like blue triangles. And she goes, where's the darkness in that, David? Where's the dark? I don't see any darkness. I don't see any darkness, David. Where's the darkness? And I was like, oh, you're right. You got me. You're right. And then she's like, I think you should paint the Mona Lisa like a zombie. And I said, what, like a zombie? But people don't like dark things. And she goes, you'll be surprised. Catholic people love dark stuff. So it was a really funny, con- it was a funny fucking conversation. It made me grateful for New York. It was one of the moments where I walked back from the laundromat just like thanking, thanking God for New York. I'm like, this is so awesome that you can, you just go, two people from two completely different worlds, go to the laundromat and just bullshit about J-Lo and art, you know? It's one of the greatest, the greatest things. I was, I was like, this is bliss. This is bliss. And then so later on Friday, I went to uh, a friend of mine's album release party. And he, he's like an in, he's a comic, but he does comic and comedy in the like most abstract, unique way. It's impossible to explain. It's like it's very sonic, abstract, but he still communicates a point. It's it's like on anything you've ever seen. It's his own thing. And he had it in this, you know, this warehouse in this upstairs warehouse. They don't even have the uh, address on the internet. You got to buy a ticket and they send you the address privately. And I go there. And the show's amazing. The show's amazing. You know, they have a host who's hilarious. It was all just people who've been grinding ostensibly for like the last five to eight years in New York City or wherever they are grinding on the comedy scene. It's like they're doing these independent shows and they're fucking professionals. They're pros at it. And the show was amazing. And I left that night feeling hope. And I was like, holy shit, this stuff gives me hope. It it gives me, it like, it gave, I was walking home overwhelmed with feelings of hope overwhelmed, completely overwhelmed with these feelings of hope for humanity, which I know is, is, it is what it is. It's, I know, but it was, it was something about like this independent art show where an artist was being completely true to himself. And there was a whole community of people there laughing and enjoying it in that moment. It's like creating this beautiful energy. And I was like, Oh, there's, there's hope for humanity. Like we still have this in us. We still have it in us. It was something glorious to be a participant in that act of creation that was just so true to who he was. And the fact that that art still existed was really refreshing. Like some guy, he's just, he's just doing it. You know, it's what a warrior. So it was really, it was really awesome to see. I was very, I was very impressed and moved and inspired.
And then when you get out of those experiences like that and you're walking through the streets of New York, it's like it's like you're on ecstasy. It's bliss. You're walking down the street and it's blissful. Looking up at the sky, seeing the people walk past, it feels like a dream. It's it's amazing. And it's in those moments where you can't get the piece of pizza. You can't get the piece of pizza. Can't get the piece of pizza. You can't get the ice cream. You gotta hold you gotta hold fast. You gotta make it home. You gotta make it home without falling in the trap. But I like to walk for miles after those events. I walk for miles. I'll do like a mile or two walk back to my apartment. So it was amazing. And then Saturday comes around. And you go, I went to this art exhibit with my cousin. And we look at the art, and it's this photographer, Wolfgang Tillman. And he made, his his exhibit was so raw, it was so intense, it like went right to your core. But what was really inspiring to me about it was how hard he goes. He And how he just did a, a variety of styles. Big abstracts, landscapes, portraits, effects in the darkroom or whatever. And he didn't have any writings about the photographs. Any, no details. Just put the fucking photographs on the wall. It's The photograph tells the story. You don't need the writing. And But it was a really powerful exhibit. And after that exhibit, I was just ripped open. It just rips you open. It's like it was another big artistic experience. And then I went to meet my girlfriend's new cat, Shoshana. And that, me and that little cat, we just napped for hours. And let me tell you, that's, that's insane. The baby love. The baby cat. She is, she's a snuggler and she's a lovey, but she's a little baby. My cat, Moisha, you, he's growing up. He's growing up. So he loves now, but, but he, he now fights. He's now a little fighter. He beats me up a little bit. He doesn't give it up so easy. We're, we're at war. But to be around this little baby cat, that was special. That was good sauce. That was nice sauce. And then, you know. And then I had some paintings in an art gallery. And that's intense. I, I get more nervous for that than anything I do right now. Like, more nervous than stand-up. The art showing paintings in a gallery is so intense because it's, it's so vulnerable. It's so vulnerable. You're really not hiding much. Because it's not in words, it's easier to tell everything. When it's in words, when you're writing or doing stand-up, you edit. You don't tell everything. But when you're painting or doing something in dance or surfing or whatever, where it's not in words, you show everything. And so it's very, it's very scary and very vulnerable. And it's intense, but then it, it really feels like there's this big, big chunk of you leaving you, which is which it's supposed to. John Lennon described it as little demons coming out of you. It's really important 
to get those de- to get the demons out. And so it was cool to be there. It's cool to be at the gallery and you know meet the other artists and you know talk to the people and talk to the the guy running the gallery and a friend of mine came and that really meant a lot. That was very sweet. You know. And then me and my girlfriend went out and we got drunk. And that was, it was just a journey of a weekend. It's just a journey of a weekend. Just a journey of a weekend. It brings up a lot. But it, but it, but the whole point, the whole point of it all is to keep growing and to keep moving forward and to keep learning and expanding. I think that's the point of it all. And to keep contributing. A little bit of Takuno Lum. Trying to find, try to make this world, repair the world a little bit. You know, try to make it a little bit better of a place than how you left, how you got here, how you left it. The circles, baby. And so that's, that's really the fucking story. That's what I have to fucking say. That's what I gotta fucking say today. And, uh, I'm just on the bed right now, talking into a microphone. It feels good. I didn't talk into a microphone all week. It's not, I need to talk. I'm a microphone fiend, as Rakim said. I got to talk into a mic. I got to talk into a microphone. I got to. I got to talk into this shit. I got to. I got to. I got to. So, landing on the lucky number 18, baby. 18 minutes. And, uh, um, you know, vials con Dios, you know what I'm saying?